0: Unbelievable. Welcome, Welcome to the game. It's a beautiful thing.
1: With it's Mark, Mark Duffy, by golly gosh. the son of a darkened shearer and a self-described ball-playing jack of all trades. We shouldn't be surprised, should we? Who lit up footy fields in the southwest before becoming WA's preeminent AFL scribe? My goodness. And he Glenn, Glenn Quarterman proud Victorian parked permanently in the West, who would have played 300 AFL games if not for his incredibly small hands. Goodness gracious me! Together they are dust and Quarters. You know who! And this is your favourite, favourite footy podcast. It's unbelievable! Well, hello everybody. It is Tuesday and you know what that means. It is time for the first edition this week of the Duff and Quarters podcast. We are brought to you by TabTouch. Those with the touch, better your bet, download TabTouch today. Please gamble responsibly. Please call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858 if you encounter any difficulties. Well, we've had draws. We've had After the Siren Wins... We had a bit of Tropic Thunder up in Queensland. Nice competitive game in the Q Clash. Had one of the games of the season Geelong versus Port Adelaide, I reckon. Mm. Quarters, what did you make of round 19? Loved, loved it. Loved uh, it. Loved the officiating. Like the
0: new um, take on high tackles. I thought it was really a whole lot more watchable footy at the weekend. And I say this from even watching my own team get those free kicks for the dodgy high tackles. I don't like it, never have. I know we got to protect the head, but when it's forced by the player, I just loved the weekend. I thought being able to watch the footy and not knowing there's going to be those gimme-free kicks, I really enjoyed that part of it. I really did.
1: Yeah, I did too. I think it's the way to do it. I think if you reward it, everyone will do it, and then it will become farcical. There was an
0: overcorrection over-corre- at times, which is going to happen, but I thought for the most part... What a difficult thing, an already difficult job to throw in uh, another difficult um, clause to it and then also you've got to factor in personalities come into this as well.
1: Well, re- reputations come in. Mm. I mean, umpires are human and human nature is if you know a player goes looking for it, is be sceptical about it. Now, the Jack Ginnivan one on the weekend, it's been ruled as a mistake.
0: The first part of it wasn't, the second part was.
1: Well, but even if the tackle is high and would have been high anyway, he goes looking for the contact. yep. He has the option to dispose of the ball, but no, he leans towards the player. And, Jack, stiff shit, mate. Yeah, I agree. I love, that's why. I just love the round of weekend of footy. And and I'll I'll go a bit further. A few weeks ago, Craig McRae had the opportunity to come out and say something like, look, we don't want this. You know, it's a bad trend in the game. We don't want it to become a widespread. Spread trend. He gave him the green light to do it. He basically said every small forward should challenge the tackler to tackle properly. So he's basically saying, "Go ahead, Jack." And we all knew what was going to happen here. This was it. Was it wasn't only predictable; it was entirely inevitable. One, the blokes coming for him would go harder. And add GST because they're annoyed about it, and they're annoyed about it because they know he's milking freeze. and they're annoyed about it because he's a smart ass.
0: There's some commentary in Melbourne, Duff, suggesting that um, we're picking on him. I don't
1: care. I don't care. Poor old Jack. Go have a month's holiday, Jack. Do your hair another colour. You try and get to. some. Try and get some attention. I think he's going to have to else. do his
0: hair. I think he's going to have to go to back to black. So or brown because it's just he's, he won't stand out as much. He'll be able to get away with a few of them.
1: And. And then you've got Mason Cox coming out and whinging about... Um,
0: Mason needs to read the tea leaves.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like... Sorry, Michael Walters got head-eye contact on the weekend. But Michael Walters has a reputation. And Michael Walters lowered himself to get the... Head. Dylan so, Moore at Hawthorne the same? No free mm-hmm. free kick against. Good.
0: Yeah. I liked it. It was really watchable. Annoyed by Brett Rappin, though, Duff. Yep, go Comments on, on the Optus Stadium surface. Suki, sookie, Kate, sookie. can we have some
1: chamomile tea, please?
0: No, Suki, Suki, la la. Really, you reckon the Manchester United? What's their squad worth? I'm suggesting every St Kilda player who's played the game in history, combined, would not be worth the current Manchester United list in terms of value. You reckon they'd be a bit more concerned about it? So what if there was a bit of traffic over the weekend? We 1.5 billion. Is that what it cost us to build that? Taxpayers' money. But how many – you know they've got 200 million supporters worldwide. Last time they were here in 2019, they brought in 35 million estimated. We need a return on our, our investment. We filled that stadium on Saturday night during a downpour. So, well done to the government and well done to Optus to getting these events there. I loved it. I was there on Saturday night. Um, so, just cop it, Brett. You know, seriously.
1: I'm not saying I'm defending Brett
0: Ratton. The winter sport, Duff.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying I'm defending Brett Ratton, but I will say this. The grass at Optus Stadium has never been right. They've never gotten it right, and they've pretended it's right. It doesn't react as well to weather as the MCG does. The MCG gets more traffic than it and handles it better. When they built this stadium, they benchmarked everything. So they looked at what was the best in the world at everything, and they said, "Right, we're going to have that." And they've never gotten the grass right quarters. You yep. walked on it in two thousand eight. Yeah, it was hard then. You knew how hard it was. It was. Very hard. And we had that it's softer
0: now, though. I walked out. I walked on it on Saturday night as well. Actually, it's a, it's a lot softer.
1: Yeah, but mate, it was treacherous on Sunday. Uh, yeah. Okay. Treacherous. Yeah, it was it's big call. Now, well, I don't mean treacherous as in injury. I mean treacherous as in players not being able to hold their feet. I don't want to see players skid arsing around an oval when they're trying to play elite footy. Mm.
0: Adam Simpson himself said before the game, we wouldn't have been talking about this twenty years ago.
1: No, but it's
0: not twenty years ago. Mm. Sometimes during winter. Now, the other thing I'll, I'll, I'll just the other thing I'll say is we get more rain than Victoria, right? Yeah, we do. We just but, get it on less days. Yeah, but we get it. It dumps here. Yeah, and it's dumped prior to the weekend absolutely dumped so when you get dumps like that i think it's more prevalent that you're going to get pockets of the ground that are a bit dodgy so i think they're dealing with a bit i thought they did a bloody good job to get out there and work whatever 48 hours some of them just to get the ground presentable and right
1: no i agree with that they the fact that they got it playable on sunday after what happened on saturday night is a credit to them but i would argue that They're starting from behind because the surface itself is not right. And I'll also argue that it's never been right. Yeah, okay. And I would argue there's no excuse for it not being right because it's growing grass. Yeah, if you're right, then that's a fair
0: call because the rest of it they've got, they've really nailed.
1: Exactly. They've gone to all this trouble to produce this incredible stadium. Now, I don't know whether there's too much leaning towards having a great outfield for cricket. I don't know. But at the end of the day, their primary tenants are footy. And that's a winter sport, and therefore, we need a great winter surface. And I don't think it is. And even, like you know, there was a moment in, I'm going back to the 2018 qualifying final, Collingwood versus West Coast, and Travis Varco was streaming inside attacking 50, and his feet just went out from under him. There was no discernible change of direction. It was just like he put his foot down, the ground shifted beneath him, and he went base over apex and i thought to myself that shouldn't be happening that was then i just think i don't think we've got it right i think we know, get, need to go back and look at it and get it right and we need to be our surface should be better than the mcgs because we've got less traffic on it was
0: jeremy house slip a uh, surface thing or was that just a slip late in the game MCG. When he got caught for holding Essendon. the ball late in the game. Yeah.
1: Well, well, it doesn't really matter because Essendon made a mess of it. Doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> well, they did, but still. Anyway. So I'll while just, we're on it, and while there's chamomile tea available to us, I don't need any
0: chamomile tea. I just get peeved at people coming in and suggesting there shouldn't yeah. be. It's not Brett. It's not Brett's right point to point right to say that.
1: No, but I th- I it's our venue here. We should. We should. Dip, our surface should be better than it is. Okay,
0: I'll buy that, but I still reckon it wasn't that bad.
1: Um, Damien Hardwick.
0: Well, Damien needs Getting to be reprimanded at the very least for that's disgraceful behaviour. You're an AFL coach. You've got something on the liver after you didn't pull off a win the night before. So just had for a...
1: those uh, uninformed un, uh, people, he's gone to a VFL match. Rich- Williamstown. Richmond versus Williamstown, Williamstown. And has unloaded on a Williamstown player.
0: Yeah. And the Williamstown player was interviewed. Uh, in the Herald Sun, and said, yeah, he did. Look, he said, I like Dimmer, but he, yes, he did unload on me. And he hung around for a while until I left the, gra- left the uh, ground at three-quarter time or whenever it was to ha- ha- unload on me again. Dimmer, you've got to be bigger than this. There's kids watching you. You're an AFL coach. This is not your game. You're an AFL coach, mate. Just let the players do. And what, you never ran around Belton blokes?
1: Oh, yeah, no, he did. So, Dimmer. Short memory One of my favourite football memories Is Damien Hardwick and Josh Carr grand final. grand final
0: It was big
1: and, and Brisbane had been bullying teams And pushing them around And starting fights And intimidating them Dimmer and Josh Carr Went into the centre bounce At the first bounce They didn't start for Brisbane They didn't wait for Brisbane to start the fight They started them mm. And they basically said No, no, no You're not coming for us We're coming for you It was brilliant It was yep. brilliant One of the best things I've ever seen In a grand final it Was What's brilliant. That? Yep, okay. a- absolutely brilliant. And, it, and you could see it just knocked Brisbane off their equilibrium right at the start of the game. I
0: remember uh, Jonathan Brown speaking to him a few years ago and he said he'll never forget three-quarter time of that grand final. He looked around, looked in the eyes of his teammates and said, we're Done. not winning this. Yeah, Four in a row, it's pretty hard. Four in a row is pretty hard, Duff. Two in a row is almost impossible. Just ask Melbourne.
1: The other thing is about that game is that that was when the dodgy MCG contract was in place, and there was also friction between Andrew Dimitrio and Lee Matthews over some of the technology that Brisbane were using. That's right. The flights, not just flights. It was also um, they were putting um, uh, they were rehydrating the players using needles.
0: Yeah, that's right. They were
1: at halftime, and they were have they had um, the the um, the base of the needle taped to their arm. So they could just go into the rooms and get hooked up. And Demetrio, quite rightly, I think that was a really bad look for them. Not the a good look,
0: yeah. Um, Don't
1: they get the planes flying
0: at low altitude too on the return? They did. Yeah, it's amazing what I think that
1: was more Lee Matthews spoke to a pilot and the pilot basically said, Oh, we, we can fly lower, it's quicker. And, um, and you're Lee Matthews. And you're Lee Matthews. Yeah. And Lee, Lee said, Well, if he, he you gave, gave
0: him that glare. He said, can you fly lower? And he gave him that, those eyes, those slits. He just looked at him. He said, yeah, we'll fly lower. <laughs> <laughs> I would.
1: <laughs> I'd get off the plane. <laughs> oh.
0: Oh. Um, look, um, it, so I've got, got a bit of that off the – I think I probably do need to go and have some chamomile tea now. But it was a fantastic round of footy. It was. It was great. Some of the – two of the best games you'll ever see. Uh, and you're right about the Port Geelong game. Absolute rip snorter of a game of football. So good. I wasn't – I I saw the comeback, walked away. You know when you walk away and you say, oh, well, that's over? And someone said, who won that game? I said, yeah, no, Port won. And it wasn't until – because I was at the Man U game, and it wasn't until later I looked at my phone and went, okay.
1: That's not what happened. So what happened was Tom – Yes, Atkins, not Hawkins – is now playing in the middle, sorry, the midfield, and he just dominated the last quarter. 12 disposals, most of them contested, um, got the ball going their way out of the centre and they got control of the game. One right. of the best post-game interviews
0: I've seen in a while is Tom Atkins. By the way, I knew his brother, oh, sorry, his brother, his dad, his dad from my Geelong days, I reckon he was a journo on the Herald Sun for a while too, um, ripping guy. He um, His post-match interview said everything about him, kept saying, I'm a fringe player. Fringe player. I have to work my ring off because I need to – it's out of respect to the guys in the VFL because I need to work this hard just to keep the spot. I'm a fringe player. I'm suggesting you're not a fringe player right now, Tom, but the second thing about it is is what a great uh, attitude to have. What a great amount of respect for your VFL teammates, and that's the sort of attitude that permeates through a group, isn't it? Sort of it attitude. is.
1: That's um, You mentioned his dad. Is, is his dad the one that played a bit of footy for Collingwood and North Melbourne? Yep.
0: He play, 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 I think might have been on Geelong's list, but didn't um, didn't get there. I don't think. It was play sort of any. like a blonde surfy. Yeah, it dude was. Yeah, yeah, yeah good fella.
1: I remember. I can't think of his first name, but I'd, blonde I did,
0: surfy dude is right. I, I can't either. But blonde surfy dude is right. I
1: did meet him. He was a lovely bloke. Um, very handy journo. Yeah. Um, sort of didn't really commit fully to the to the profession, but he was a uh, yeah. He was great. He was good. Good company.
0: Good fella. Um, yeah, cracking game. And look, it's hard to go past. You know, as much as I hate to admit it because I didn't have them in my eight, Duff, but um, Geelong look like the seed to, side to beat at the moment. I'm not writing Melbourne off, though. I know things are looking a bit dodgy there. Their forward line is just dysfunctional. But I'm not writing Melbourne off yet. I still think their best footy's been the best this year, but right now, Geelong
1: looks a fair way ahead of them. I reckon, so big game on Friday night, Fremantle versus Melbourne at Optus Stadium. That's their biggest game since 2015, Freos. Probably. I think the loser cannot win the flag. The loser of that game cannot win the flag. Yep, I think that's fair. Because if, if it's Melbourne, it'll mean six losses in nine games. And I think that's too big a body of work to turn around. The only,
0: yeah, in, except September. with Melbourne, if they get it right, they're going to get the games in Melbourne. But I think Frio not to make the four will hurt them more.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And I think if Freo don't beat Melbourne here, they won't be beating the Bulldogs there. So they'll probably, you know... Hopefully, they still do enough to host a final and hopefully win a final and get through the second week of finals. But that, if Freo don't beat Melbourne this week, they will have found their level for this year, I would have thought. So what
0: would you make of the draw? Freo, lucky to escape with the two points, clearly.
1: Well, so two things about that. It was two teams that didn't have a spearhead and basically couldn't put the score on the board. I thought, I thought Brisbane, uh, Richmond were the better team for two and a half of the four quarters. I thought Fremantle had by far the better of the last quarter, but then Richmond had the last chances. Um, I'm not sure (laughs) I know what Poulter. When you know when the scoreboards are at Marvel Stadium, they're right in front of him. Jack Riewoldt's screaming at him. It's like, take your kick, take your kick. Mate, just read the numbers on the board. That's a
0: brave fight. Yeah. But as you wrote in your column, fair play to him. He fronted up afterwards. A lot of a lot wouldn't. He fronted up and faced the media afterwards. So I'm going to give him a big tick for that. I like Cumberland. You, you excuse because he's outside fifty. The only thing I'll say about that is you'll learn from that with mid score t- time clock awareness. But also, mate, he could. He, I reckon he could have kicked that.
1: I don't know. When you go back and look at a booming it, booming kick, mate. Yeah. By the time he goes back off his mark, he's kicking from outside fifty five. He's got it in him. I reckon he's got the journey. And you've got to remember, the siren's gone. So there's no arc. He's got to kick over the man on the mark. He
0: does, yeah. So he can't wheel around. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting you. And you get a lot of your momentum that way. So, I,
1: yeah, I, I think I'm happy to forgive him. I'm just not sure what Noah Bolter was thinking. And incidentally, great play by Michael Frederick. But, Michael Frederick, you needed to do that because you didn't do much else, mate. Oh,
0: well, he did that. Sometimes... Sometimes in a game of footy, you
1: can do that and you can be hopeless
0: for three and a half quarters and just perform this act. Shows you switched on, I don't mind that. I think
1: there was a number of times where Michael Frederick had the chance to get out, didn't handle cleanly, um, didn't handle the traffic particularly well. I I thought he had had a... Apart from that moment, I thought he had a pretty I
0: thought their defence, their midfield was pretty good. Frio, I thought the forward line, as you suggested, no spearhead. It was really hard. It was hard for both teams to manufacture goals. I really liked Frio's defensive performance. I thought it was terrific.
1: Uh, I thought Hayden Young. So there's been a lot of talk about Nick Blakey might be All Australian. Sam Doherty might be All Australian. Adam Sard, who was well, they might be. But I tell you what, he's in the conversation now. If I'm not saying he should be All Australian, but if any of them have had a better season than him. They've had a hell of a season. Yeah.
0: He's composed, isn't he? Beautiful kick, really misses the target, and he's so composed.
1: Well, there's a lot of Tom Hawkins about him because he defends as well as attacks. Yeah. He's not just a rebounder. I think he's a, he's a very complete player. And you know the other one who played an underrated game quarters for Chapman. Freedom. Chapman's game on Bolton yep. was exceptional. When you saw the moments that Bolton had and the mistakes that other Fremantle players made to give him those moments, none more obvious than Alex Pierce's clangor in the first quarter that enabled him just to kick a running goal. Um, Chapman, most of the time when he was in the same area as Bolton, Chapman handled him and handled him with some comfort. Reminds me a little bit of Michael Johnson when he's got the footy with his kicking style. Yeah, he's a bit different. Yeah. Yeah, But
0: don't you reckon he's that beautiful kicking, that unusual kicking style?
1: I reckon you can mount a case that four of Fremantle's five best were defenders. Yeah, Cox was in there. Cox, Young... Um, Chapman, and I reckon Jordan Clark was very good as he well. He
0: was very good. Uh, there's been. I saw some people. I saw some social media commentary on Liam Henry. You know, not not in the best six by any means, or even the best ten. I thought he showed a bit. So I thought he showed a bit at times.
1: I reckon his first three quarters were the best three quarters he's played. Yeah, was, in, in AFL which footy.
0: is Well, there you go. It's, it's the tank still
1: being built. And then he he got the poke in the eye in the third, and he didn't really. Um, um he did, I was doing, a, did a lot right. Yeah, no, I think he looks more comfortable at the level. I'm pretty optimistic about him. Yeah. Oh,
0: very optimistic from what I saw at the weekend. I'm In fact,
1: if you're lining him up with a player who's probably been playing ahead of him, I reckon they're almost at the stage now where they're looking at him versus Travis Collier and they're probably going, you know what, maybe it's time that Liam was playing ahead of Travis Collier. Mm. So yeah, it was a look, it was a it was a high pressure game, two well coached teams. Two teams that play with really strong defensive mechanisms. Um, and neither team showed a lot in attack. I think that's the best summing up of it, I reckon.
0: Um, from the draw to the kick after the siren, a um, couple of things with that. I thought <laughs> I thought Harry Jones – I can't fathom what Essendon were doing when Harry Jones was taking that kick. Because they were just sort of standing there ready to celebrate. But, of course, we saw the quick switch, great – kick from Pendlebury, and we saw the quick switch Bianco um, to Jamie Ellett. Outmarked two players, by the way, Jamie Ellett. How did he take that mark? Well, neither of them got body on Langford him. got Langford and another player. Anyway, whoever, get body on him. What are you doing? Yeah. The whole passage, in the last 20 minutes, or the, well, the last few minutes, but that whole passage of play from the moment the Harry Jones kick hit the post, was just a litany of bad decisions by
1: Essendon and
0: not enough gut running when it was
1: required. Okay, so I've got one for you. If you're Essendon and you're the Essendon coach's box and Harry Jones has it 30 metres out directly in front with a minute on the clock, are you wanting him to take the shot? Because if he misses, they've got 59 seconds to go coast to coast from a kick-in. Or do you want him to kick it 25 metres sideways and maybe even a little backwards... And the other guy takes seven seconds and then kick it long at the point post and have your Ruckman punch the ball out of bounds and have a stoppage in the forward pocket.
0: Yeah, but that requires everything to go exactly how you want it to. Yeah, but if... That requires no Collingwood intercept. What I'm saying, take the shot. But when you take it, have people set up for a defensive mechanism
1: so you can... Not giving Collingwood... They they stroll through. I would argue that the minute you nail the first kick from the kick in, you're out. And if, even if you get the ball from the stoppage in the forward pocket, you've got the defensive set up in front of you, you've, you're in heavy traffic, that kick is under massive pressure, it's a 50-50 bet to get to a Collingwood player or an Essendon player. And all if, if an Essendon player marks it, it's game over. Maybe they're not smart enough. Clearly I
0: they weren't smart enough once they hit the post.
1: The odds, I reckon, are greater that you're going to win the game and protect the lead if you take the safe kick sideways, milk the clock... And then kick at the point post.
0: Well, he milked the clock for what he was allowed to and then took
1: the kick. I would still take the kick. The, but the worst-case scenario quarters is a point, isn't it? That's your worst-case scenario. Oh, well, yes. So if you take the shot, you're either kicking a goal or a point. Whereas if you get it out of bounds in the forward pocket, they've got to take the ball the length of the ground from heavy tra- traffic at a stoppage with one side of the grounds pretty much shut to them.
0: I, I just think, I reckon, from where he was, you'd back him to kick it. Yeah, but he didn't. I oh, know it wasn't. Yeah, and
1: they don't, and they don't.
0: Well, the Jamie no- Elliott did.
1: The number of yeah, because he's. A good kick. Yeah, you know, they're up and about. It's They've a, won a, eight close fair, ones in a row.
0: Seven by what? Less than it's unbelievable.
1: It's seven of nine by less than two goals. Mm. It's six of nine by less than ten points. And I think it's
0: five of nine by less than a goal. Collingwood supporters, close your ears now. Put your finger in your. You don't want to
1: hear this. You're using up all your luck. Well, that's what I think. I, I do think that. I mean, <laughs> you, but, you're
0: gonna. You might lose ten by a kick next year.
1: Well, also, you might lose two
0: finals by kick. I hate winning a heap of close games in one year, Duff, because you know it's not going to happen the next
1: year. So it tends to, over time, it tends to work out to be roughly 50-50. You get teams that yeah. have runs where they don't win them, and you get teams that have runs when they do win. And
0: I, I understand that there's match sim happening at Collingwood, but all teams do match sim on c- c- close tense situations and how to play at, except for Essendon, it seems.
1: Well, so what happens in that situation is that now that they're full-time footballers they they play win the game footy, which is and it was interesting, we had Justin Longmuir on a radio show on Saturday morning and he talked about when Bolter was lining up, they switched to win the game because they expected him to score. And it nearly cost them the game because they were in win the game mode when the boundary throwing came on the wing and Sean Darcy went behind rather than in front and Marlon Pickett got out and they went inside of side fifty. So Collingwood at that last kick in, they win the game. So every Collingwood player is trying to get on the fly, basically. And we're allowed to, though. Yeah, but, mate, it's, it's hard to stop them. Yeah, no, well. It's hard to stop them because if you're Essendon, you're trying to defend and maybe get the ball back, whereas Colling was just going, we might as well lose by two goals as one, so therefore we're just going. If I'm, you go back to the Fremantle-Geelong game when David Mundy saved the game, when he just refused to let Geelong have the ball at the last bounce... And if you were able to do a freeze frame, you would have seen Ge- you would have seen Geelong players coming from the back of the square, like Usain Bolt, and you would have seen four Geelong players in assertive positions forward of the ball. So if Mundy doesn't get hold of the ball and Geelong get it, Geelong wins that game. Mm. They're out. And there's nothing you can do about it. Well, there was something Essendon could have done. As I said earlier, how does Jamie, uh,
0: Jamie Elliott mark that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. It's a very
0: good question.
1: Yeah. Given that he's probably the one... That they've left deep to try and stretch the ground. So
0: they were pro- in a good position. They were close. They clo- they're right on top of him.
1: Yeah, and it was like the miracle
0: bullet almost. And it's going to him. I isn't think that's it? inexcusable defense from Essendon there.
1: Yeah, I agree. And but I just wonder whether we'll get to a point in a year or two where that bloke taking that kick with a minute to go, like Harrison Jones takes it, he doesn't take the shot. And the aim is to get a stoppage in your forward pocket.
0: While we're on Collingwood, Duff, it would be remiss of us not to mention Billy Pickett, who we lost at the weekend. A great warrior for Collingwood. Yeah. Wasn't a big fan of Collingwood as a kid, but saw a lot of Collingwood because they were playing off in regularly in grand finals and losing them. And Billy Pickett really let them down. He was a terrific player. What I loved about Billy was he was one of those players who used to do his own commentary out in the footy field. Here comes Picken. Yeah, here comes Billy, <laughs> as he was riding up high on someone's shoulders. He could take a hanger too. He could take a hanger and was had a really big tank, Billy, yeah. and was deceptively, like he looked slow, but he wasn't, you know, and uh, terrific career. One of those rare players, you know, being a kid following Hawthorne, I actually like going to the footy to watch Billy pick and play, so he is a very sad loss.
1: He is, and gone too soon, 67. It's, it's quite young for a former athlete and a, and a big racing man. Used to run the, the Warrnambool
0: races down there, massive racing meet down there in uh, Western Victoria. So, um, uh, valet, Billy.
1: Absolutely. Um, when I started watching VFL games in the 70s, he was always an eye catching player and one of your favourite players. No matter who you were barracking for at the time, Billy Pickin was one that caught the eye. Now,
0: we haven't mentioned um, uh, my team yet, mate,
1: my other team Hawthorne? No. Your other, your other
0: team? They're coming. The
1: Dogs. Oh, the Dogs. The Doggies are coming. Jamara Yugelhagen So the interesting thing about the Dogs is that we thought that Josh Bruce coming back would be good for Aaron Norton. Mm. It's been great for Jamara Yugelhagen Well,
0: it has. And that three-pronged attack now, just they've completely different look now going forward, the Western Bulldogs. So, yes, they need still need a bit in defence, I believe, but... Mm. Different side now. I wouldn't want to play them. I reckon the eight is settled now. They're going to Geelong this week. That's you pencilate that in for a loss. But I think they can get there. They can. They'll finish eighth. I think that's the eight now. And I reckon they'll win a game or two.
1: Just, you hope they don't play. Well, what's our criticism of the Bulldogs been? It's been that they're basic they're just a midfield. Yeah. And now, Which with, is a little bit unfair
0: because um, Aaron Norton has given his all this year, but they've been down on numbers down there. So yeah. I think you're right. I think defence is their big Achilles heel, um, but forward line they've been just down on numbers. But you're right. Their depth in the midfield is huge.
1: I'll tell you what, if their midfield clicks, then their defence won't have to be that good. The ball will be down the other end. Well, they've won a flag from 7th, 6th in 2016. Um, well, it had to be 7th or 8th because the they, seventh, they came think, here for the yeah. first final. Um, They were a very good team in the first half of that year and then they got injuries and the injuries compounded. Remember, that was the start of the bye after the home and away uh, and they came here in round 23, played Fremantle, got beaten, Matthew Pavlich's last game, um, and looked gone for all money but they had the week off, went home, regrouped, freshened up, came back, rolled West Coast first final. We all rocked up to that game just assuming West Coast would win.
0: I certainly did. Um, I was
1: stunned that night. And uh, and then we thought they'd get beaten the next week and they rolled Hawthorne. Mm. Um, and I think that was the end of Sam Mitchell because I think Sam Mitchell, after that game, the Hawks looked at his GPS and they realised he wasn't running enough.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> and that was the end of Hawthorne too. That was the end of the uh, 4 Yeah, of course. So um, beaten by Geelong with a kick after the siren the week before and then that game. But look, well done, the dogs, they're hanging in there. Yep. And um, he keeps reminding us, Luke Beveridge, don't write us off. I probably did a few weeks ago, actually, just given where they were. Uh, but I was bullish about them pre-season. I'm glad they've repaid my faith, and I'd like to see a lot more of them.
1: They need to be better than they've been. Yeah, of course. Because there's too much talent there for them to not be, I would say, around in the second week of the finals. For sure. All right. Um, Brisbane versus Gold Coast. It was a really good cue clash. Yep. Um, on the line halfway through the last quarter, then Brisbane managed to kick clear. Um, interestingly... Another young defender who stood out in this game, Brandon Stasevich's game on Isaac Rankin, who's been in pretty good form, um, was an absolute absolute cracker of a game. Um, Lockie Neal was great. Hugh McCluggage was great. Yep. Going the other way, Took Miller was great. But Stasevich's game on Rankine made sure that there was no spark to turn this into a boil over.
0: Well... That's what happens when you come from Mount Lawley, Inglewood Junior Football Club. He's a
1: good player, Brandon Stasek. It
0: really lets them down. And I reckon if you're uh, playing on him, if you're a forward and you know you've got Stasek the next day, I reckon you've got a bit of a sleepless night ahead of you. Has a crack, he does. And yeah, you're right, it was a terrific game. Brisbane just finding a way. Like, the, you look at them and you think there's no way. They just – what's their upside? But they're finding a way, Duff, and there's a, there's enough time to hit their straps and really challenge here. I still think – right now it looks like Geelong's going to be very hard to beat. I still reckon Melbourne's best footy is as good as we've seen. But Brisbane, I reckon, have got a, still got some upside. I Let's gr- hope they do.
1: I agree with you about Melbourne, but how much of Melbourne's best footy have we seen? Yeah, well, it's – yeah. And, and on the Brisbane – I I think we feel that Brisbane can be better than they've been, but I also think they're going to have to play their best football of the season in September to win the flag because their football so far hasn't been that Brisbane?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I'll ask you a question about Melbourne. For my opinion, I reckon they were a little bit on the turn about three weeks before their loss to Fremantle, their first loss, particularly with their connection inside 50. How much impact do you reckon there may off our Milksham off-field stuff has had on them?
1: Yeah, I don't know. There's a bit bubbling away below the surface there, isn't there? This doesn't
0: all seem right there.
1: Um, There's issues between them and their former president, Glenn Bartlett, and that's bubbling away beneath the surface as well. And that involves the coach, um, Simon Goodwin as well. So, yeah, there's a few distractions for them there. Um, You'd like to think that those distractions aren't severe enough to... Stop them from looking at this and going, we are in the premiership window. We need to make this opportunity count. I, I would say there's a premiership hangover there, but it's some very, very mild premiership hangover. And does it just take enough off them for them not to be able to? You
0: only need to have half a percent yeah. to make a difference. And I reckon we're seeing that. Eagles. Yes. A little bit to like there. Another outstanding game from Tom Baras on Max King, which is one of the hardest tasks. He's having a great year, isn't he? He's having a cracking year. So is he ahead in their club championship now and their worst fold medal?
1: Oh, there's a few. So there's a few that have been pretty good. Um, Redden. Jack Redden's been pretty solid. Shannon Hearn's been really solid. So it's going to be an interesting conversation about Shannon Hearn at the end of the season as to whether he goes on or not. Um, I think Redden. I think Barras And I think, even though he's very disappointing on the weekend, I think Tim Kelly will be in that conversation somewhere as well. Tim Kelly's had... You know, long periods this year where he's been pretty good.
0: He has been pretty good this year. Does he do enough when it's not going his way?
1: That's a good question. He's an attacking midfielder, so I reckon you could argue that given that it's been going the other way for much of this year, Tim Kelly's actually been pretty good under those circumstances. He was disappointing on the weekend. I, I, I maybe he was a bit off colour. I'm not sure. You know, might have felt a bit crook, but. Um, yeah, that was a disappointing game. That was as disappointing as I've seen him.
0: Uh, I like the best players, mate. I mean, there's, if you want to look at glass half full, so Cully, Jermaine Jones. Cully was terrific.
1: Yeah, I really like. He looks like he belongs, doesn't he? And it's his second game. And he's really strong and steady. Yep. In heavy traffic, which clever is Clever, too. Quite clever. Um, but I love Jermaine Jones' dash. Yep. off Hup just takes the game on. And it gives their forwards a better look and a different look as a result of him taking the game on. I really like that. That's a winner for them, I think. And and he's quick. And they don't have a lot of so speed. If
0: you're looking at a glass half-four as an Eagles supporter and you're looking at all this, you're thinking like Jermaine Jones, Cully, um, Tom Baras is really – I mean, he's always been a really sound, good, great, even great defender. He's just taken the, He's next level now. Yep. I reckon. So there's, there is some cause for optimism here for the Eagles fans. There is. In this second half of the year, you're seeing something.
1: Don't forget we haven't seen Oscar Allen. Yep. Don't forget we haven't seen Campbell Chesser. And don't forget we've barely seen Dom Sheed. So those are things that they would be happy about. I still think they need to add three or four really good young players with wheels. I think, I think their team needs wheels. And it needs young legs and quick legs. And uh, have they got that? That might be another two drafts.
0: And just um, in time, Jai Cully too, because as Nick Nat looks at the next few years phasing himself into retirement, in steps Jai Cully with the dreadlocks and uh, you know the new merch merch king at the Eagles.
1: I'll tell you what is apparently absolutely slaying them in merchandise is the or retro jumper. I've heard that. It's going... They're, they're Were all, you a fan of that? Um, no. <laughs> why? Because of the anchor? Just too busy for me. I mean, I'm a massive fan of the Chevrons. I think it the minute they settled on the chevron's um i thought yeah that's okay. the jumper i like you, you know what you know the jumper i
0: like is. their first jumper
1: i loved it which
0: one well the uh, home jumper the, the home jumper yeah. okay yeah it's a good jumper i loved it yeah but it's just a bit busy I'm not a big fan of the retro i was never really a big fan of the chevron i thought it was a little boring but it grows on you it's it's Fremantle now that's what, but i like the original to be honest yeah. but maybe i'm a bit of a traditionalist along those lines so yeah Anyway, Duff, now it's time for this. Saddle up your camel. It's time for the Thirsty Camel Mailbag. Thank you to Thirsty Camel. Thank you to Jack Daniel's old number seven whiskey and cola cans. We're giving away a 10-pack on Thursday. Uh, Keep your emails short and let us know if you're from the great state of Western Australia because you can't win the 10-pack if you're from outside it unless you're prepared to drive here. Uh, which you probably would, actually, for a uh, 10-pack of Jack Daniels' old number seven Duff, I reckon. Uh, Some great emails again this week. This one from Raoul Ballantyne. G'day, Duff and quarters. In response to Patrick Dangerfield's comments about having a countdown clock visible at all AFL games. This is fresh off the press because these were his comments today. Dangerfield thinks we should have a countdown clock, and I agree with him. At the games. I think it's time we bite the bullet and get with the 21st century, says Raoul. Patrons at the game can access the time left by listening to the radio coverage or accessing the AFL KO app, and the players have these silly boards held up by their coaching staff on the sidelines. I'm struggling to think of another world class game that doesn't give any indication on the scoreboard how much time is left in the quarter or half to the players and people attending the game. Um, Association football, soccer, doesn't have a countdown clock, but the sideline referee indicates how much extra time is added, which then informs the players, the crowd, as well as the TV viewers. People watching the AFL on TV have had a countdown clock for some years now since Channel 10 had the AFL rights, and I think it's time for change. Interesting your views.
1: I agree. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. I think that um, it wouldn't have saved Noah Bolter because he had a clock. And you just didn't look at it? Apparently there is a Tissot
0: clock on the MCG that sporadically counts down. So it's not operating all the time, but you can see it. It is visible. Let's, on, let's be honest. Everyone at the game is looking at their phones. I'll tell you Everyone what I, knows how long there is to go.
1: What I would like to see is that if they're going to do that, I would like them to tighten up the 30-second shot rule. You don't get your 30 seconds unless the mark has been taken inside 50.
0: How long did Jamie Elliott have?
1: Uh, He was bang on 30. Was he? I reckon he was about 32. Yeah, but he'd already started. So he was walking in when the siren went. So he took the full 30. Um, But, yeah, it was, was, I think, I think it was almost identical. Shot clock, game clock was almost identical. Um, So that's okay. Mm. That's okay. I'm not sure
0: if we don't give him less than 30. There's one I'll throw in there. Uh, Hello, gentlemen. This is from Big Sean. Hello gentlemen. Please tell me the point of having AFL rule having rules if the AFL don't follow them. The medi sub is being abused by coaches looking for a strategic edge. A mandatory 12-days rest was part of the deal, but we have seen numerous times a sub-player lining up the following week. Mason Cox was subbed out for Oliver Henry against Frio, only to come on and kick four goals, basically winning the match for Collingwood. Mason played the following week against Carlton and kicked 1-1 in a career-best game that was decided by four points. Coaches were supposed to be sanctioned for taking the PI 55, yet
1: none have been. Duff. So the problem with this argument is that at this time of year in particular, pretty much every player that goes on the ground goes out there with some sort of injury. So it's it's easy enough for the club to say he came off injured. Um, I just think the whole thing was always going to be rorted. You can't stop it from being rorted. Um, he's wrong about the, the The rule was that there had to be a reasonable expectation that the player would not play in the next 12 days. The reason being is that it was originally a concussion, Rule and then because the concussion protocol is 12 days, therefore they felt that they should have the same time out with the injury. But it wasn't you have to miss 12 days, it was there had to be a reasonable expectation. So it is being rorted.
0: It's too hard a call to make, just give them an extra interchange player,
1: exactly. Just like we've already decided clearly that the game's not going to die or blow up. If there's 23 players, so just give them 23. Give them
0: another one. It takes the debate out the game. We move on. We concentrate on other
1: stuff. And and if you want to control the number of rotations, control the number of interchange rotations, and 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 do it that way instead of limiting the number of players on the list.
0: Uh, this one from Chris Greenwood from Leaderville. I'm only joking. He's from Mount Hawthorne. But uh, hello, gents. I couldn't agree with more, with you more, Duff, with regard to Leaderville as the right location for the Waffle Grand Final 2022. You failed, however, to mention the diabolical surface that has cooled Leaderville for years. A clay crust in wet winters makes for ugly footy at the venue. Does it take a power whale between Subie, East Perth, the WA Footy Commission and the City of Vincent to pull their resources and fix the drainage problem at infinitum? It has to be win, a win-win for all parties.
1: Yep, yeah, it, that is a spot-on email. So I saw the pictures of Leaderville <laughs> on the weekend. Oh, my God. It's in diabolical state. It's basically... Gets a bit of traffic, Leaderville. Yeah. There's so, a lot of
0: junior footy there as well, a lot of um, through, throughout all the age groups.
1: So this is the problem, um, more so than the drainage, I suspect. Yeah. I think I think the problem is that you've got two clubs based there. You've got two clubs playing home games there. Um, those two clubs both have three teams. And it's there's just a lot of footy. Um, but I do think that just geographically... That would have been the place to put the grand finals and even you know what as bad as the surface looked the other day given that i don't think either um east perth or are going to play finals are they get them off the ground for september have no traffic on the ground i still think they could they could have gotten it right for grand final day.
0: They do have a lot of footy there, particularly the community clubs, because they like to play on the bigger venues, as they should. It's a it's a great opportunity for them to do so, but they need to do something about
1: this. I service. actually played my last game of footy. Did you? Unleadable. Yeah. How'd you go? Um, well, it depends whether you're talking about the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, or the last quarter.
0: Let's talk about the last quarter when it counts.
1: The last quarter, we were already too far back and my man was running a mark. In the second quarter, he kicked three goals in about 15 minutes. Uh In the first and third quarter, I actually played very well.
0: Yeah, okay. But – no one remembers the, the first and no, third No, it was a
1: case of playing very well, but not playing well often enough, I think, quarters. Oh, I
0: had a game of PSA at the weekend. Well, I didn't, but my young, my young fella did. Uh, Trinity College v. Wesley, out at Wesley. The poor, I felt sorry for him at Wesley. <laughs> Absolutely bucketed down. Um, they've still got the, uh, the centre block. Out there, so of course it was just water sitting on top of it because there's nowhere for a drain. It was like an ice skating rink on that centre block, and the goal square was about half a foot deep. Yeah. And so I think there were kids running in to kick the footy off the ground and just just going nowhere. <laughs> it was, um, well, under the Trinity boys too for keeping them scoreless. But anyway, <laughs> we'll move on. Uh, this one from Sam from Sydney. Hi guys, what's your thoughts on WA clubs and high draft picks and whether to take the best available? Or best WA kid? It seems like the go-home factor has never been stronger. What should the Eagles do come this year's draft?
1: That's a really good question. And it's something that I'm not sure clubs are admitting to themselves yet, but I think it has to be factored in. Um, you take Melbourne, for example. This is not a, a, a problem peculiar to Western Australia. If if Luke Jackson decides to come home at the end of this year, that's after three years. So that's a bloke they've done all the development on He's about to play his best footy. And he won't be playing it for them if he comes home. So I, I think it's a massive thing to consider. Um, and it's a big thing to think that there isn't going to be three or four gun kids in Western Australia. Even if they're a little bit under, underdeveloped and they don't look like it yet, history says they'll be there somewhere. So therefore, the classic example being Chad Warner. Pick 40 mm. in that draft. And that was the draft that West Coast traded out of to get Tim Kelly. Chad Warner would look pretty good running around in blue and yellow. Oh, would he right what? So, yeah, I, th- I think this is something they're going to have to factor in. Um, and this year, for example, let's look at who's around. So, there's three, I reckon, WA kids who I reckon are classic first round potential. So, they are Buslinger, who's just had the shoulder surgery, Elijah Hewitt, who's been hyped. Mm, looks a good. Bit, and Reuben Ginby, who's a good Wesley College boy and um, who's come up from. He'll
0: obviously be able to play in the wet.
1: Yeah, so he looks really good. I reckon they're all first-rounders. So interesting to see how West Coast handles this and whether they go local or whether they go best available.
0: This one I overlooked last week, so I thought I'd read it. Andrew from Karen up. Hi, Duff and Quarters. What do you make of the loud opinion that footy must remain live on free-to-air TV? It would be a shame if it is not, but how times have changed. We are more entitled perhaps these days. In a time that seems so long ago, we only had our mate Drew presenting VFL highlights for an hour on Sundays in The Winners. Wasn't that a great show? Then, when the Eagles started, the local games were never live, always on delay to try and get more through the gate. Was great, when on a country trip as the games were live in the bush. Going to be frustrating to again avoid seeing the score until the telescast starts on TV, particularly in these days of smartphones. But is there any genuine chance it will happen?
1: You know what I would say? They told us that uh, us having free-to-air access to our teams would be part of media rights deals. And so... They're either going to go back on their word or they're going to stay true to their word. I'm not going to get into the rights and wrongs of it, the trends, this, that, blah, blah, blah. But you said, AFL, I'm talking to you, you said we would have this. This was grandfathered, so therefore we should continue to have it. That's my, my position, pure and simple.
0: This one from Rowan. Hi, fellas. Great podcast. Best one in footy. No exploding egos. <laughs> Excellent footy chat. I listen every week from Adelaide. Do you think players at expansion clubs, especially GWS, will feel cheated getting to the big time and playing all or most of their careers in front of tiny crowds? Seeing players move to big clubs must get some thinking.
1: I reckon this is a massive issue for the AFL, and I reckon it'll be a massive issue if Tasmania comes in as well. They have to get, and quickly, they have to get to a point where GWS and Gold Coast are playing in front of 20,000 people. Twenty thousand people in those twenty-five thousand seat stadiums—that's fine. That'll be fine, and that will sustain them. But these crowds of well, there's been crowds of four thousand mm. at Giant Stadium. That's that ain't going to work. No kid dreams of growing up and going to a club and playing in front of that. So yeah, they have to fix it.
0: Rowan from Averley writes, I like this one. Hi, Duff and quarters Freer we're lucky to get away with a draw on Friday. Some talk in the media about playing overtime to avoid draws. But to me, the real issue coming was that Noah, the man with the share in his hands, had no idea how much time was left on the game clock while his coaches, commentators and everyone watching on TV did. I think we've all grown up now and it's time for the people who put it their bodies and reputations on the line each week to know how long is left in the quarter. I don't think the old arguments against this hold much water anymore. Well, we've already spoken about that. I will uh, make a comment on the draws, though. Uh, Absolutely, there is room for a draw in the home and away season. Clearly, in finals, you can't have draws. You've got the fixturing the following week, people travelling interstate and what have you, People having booked flights You can't But during the home and away No issue with him In fact I think it adds to the excitement of it And I thought it was a great result on Friday night Even though no one's singing the song It's still you walk away thinking What a great game of footy
1: Well it wasn't a pretty game of footy But it was a tight game of footy It doesn't have to be pretty to be great High pressure Yeah no I'm with you I I think that was okay Yeah Richmond blew it at the end But Fremantle blew plenty of chances In that last quarter as well Uh,
0: Jermaine from Perth writes great podcast keep it up guys took my daughter to her first football match and one of the highlights was the Nikki Winmar statue Brilliant to see. What was amazing was the number of parents of all colours and backgrounds explaining to their kids the importance of the moment. Could the WA government do more statues, etc. around the ground? Who would they be? Love walking around them at the NCG. There's a bit more to that email, but I would just like to concentrate on that bit. I agree. I see that a bit too. Um, And when my friends came over from Kentucky, I... Took them to the Nicky Winmar st- statue and sort of gave them a bit of a background on it. So, And you do see parents there with their kids explaining the background to it. I think it's a terrific idea. I'd love to see the whole stadium surrounded by statues.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: But not just footy. No, no. It has to be all sports. Yeah. Athletics, cricket, what, hockey, any sport I think would have to be. But the first one of the – and Polly wouldn't look out of place there either.
1: Well, Polly would be the first one you'd do. Caves mm. And and probably the first cricket one, what? DK. Uh, DK, Lilly? Yeah. And of the modern guys, the cricketers, I, Gilchrist, to me, is one. Gilchrist was so, so great for the game. Yep. I, I'd love to see a a, um, a statue
0: of the Gilchrist. The poor old wicket keepers who followed him. Yeah. Have to be out of bat now.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> uh, this one from Mitch from Perth. Hi, fellas. Is all the negative noise around Henry a bit excessive? He cops a fair whack on the socials for not doing this, not doing that. Was everyone's expectations on him too high too quickly? We need to remember that even though he was picked nine, that was only due to a matching bid, and he probably wouldn't have gone that high in an open draft. Rankine was picked three the year prior, and he is only now just getting going. I feel we should cut Liam some more slack, let him grow his body and tank, and then grow into his eventual role. Once it clicks for him, he'll be a pretty good player for the club. Love the email. Couldn't agree more. We spoke about it earlier. Your thoughts, stuff?
1: Yeah, um, that's here here. He's I reckon he's turned the corner, Liam Henry. I reckon the, the back half of this year has been really good. I think another solid preseason I think we'll see a different player next year.
0: Uh, one final one. I'm sorry I didn't get to the more. Andrew writes, Hi Duffin Quarters with Frio embracing Retro Ram. We spoke about the jumper. What are your fav- fondest memories of them over the journey? You know, I'll just say one thing I miss and I want him back is the man on the rock. Oh, the anchor man, <laughs> the rock and anchor crew. I want the rock back. It, I wonder if people can email us in this week if you agree with me.
1: It doesn't quite work. Why? Because back in those days, we had the dirge song. Um, it was Ken Walther, and it was um, still his song.
0: It, well, it's his rewrite of a Russian chant, uh, the Volga. Uh,
1: well, Volga boatman, boatman. That's right, and um, and so that kind of fitted in with that. Um, the song's a bit more up and about and poppy now
0: Surely they can find time for it It
1: was great Yeah You know what I'd like to see them do with the song This is just me mm-hmm. I hate the way the players sing it after the game I like the way the girls Not sing it Not long enough Well the, the way the girls sing it is right They start off with We are the rollers We're the rockers We're the yeah. mighty frio dockers." I'd love to see them do that But I'd like to, do, like to see them do the Queen we will rock you Boom boom clap Oh boom, yeah. Boom boom clap yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then go into we are the rollers we're the rockers we're the mighty Freo Dockers well, do it that
0: way. let's do that and roll out the rock again
1: so come on Freo get onto it roll fix, out the rock fix your song
0: yeah that's it and while you're at it west coast bring banners back I don't like the eagle mouth the bring, tunnel bring banners back please
1: it, it, what is really lame is them coming out to um, the Joker and the Thief from Steppenwolf which is great I, is that gets, Steppenwolf get, they get up and about for that I oh, sorry wolf mother.
0: I was going to say Wolfmother, yeah. Born no. to be wild. Yeah. Get him the wolves mixed up. One yeah. of the great magic
1: carpet ride. Um, but then the song comes on after that and you sort of go yeah. <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> underwhelming after do that. Do you like the guitarist? The Frio Games?
0: Yeah, I don't, I love him. I don't Interviewed like him when he was starting to do that. Doesn't like heights.
1: Well, you does, got the wrong
0: gig. He does now. <laughs> <laughs> Seems okay at it. He's now. strapped in now. Yeah, yeah. he gets up oh, there man. as he should be. Yeah. It's a fair way up there. <laughs> anyway, thanks for all your mail. Please send them into this address.
1: Send your mail to
0: Duff and at wa.news.com.au.
1: Thank you very much for joining us today. We will be back on Thursday to try and tip you a winner, and it's a big round of fixtures coming up this weekend. We have been brought to you by Tab Touch those with the touch better your bet download tab touch today please gamble responsibly please call gamblers help on one 858 858 if you encounter any difficulties quarters thank you and we will see you again on thursday if you're a fan of the
0: podcast why don't you get in touch Send your thoughts to the Thirsty Camel mailbag at duffandquarters at wanews.com.au and don't forget
1: to like, subscribe and, of course, tell your mates. Thanks for listening. This has been the Duff and Quarters podcast on the game. You know who. It's unbelievable.